Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, we are so inspired doing this podcast every week, having the opportunity to bring you all the valuable knowledge and advice that each and every guest provides means the world to us. Now, because of how much positive feedback we've been receiving from our listeners, we've decided to build a community through Patreon. Members of Patreon receive exclusive access to a chat forum, the ability to interact with our guests, which is so cool, extra videos and podcast episodes that will provide even more advice and knowledge. Join now by going to patreon.com backslash better together with Maria, and let's be better together because when you know better, you get better. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menudos. Welcome back to Weirder Together. <laughs> I don't know what this whole thing I was just doing was, but you know, I was doing this like little weird flow and then it unflowed. Uh, welcome back, guys, because we're happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm in such a weird mood right now. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, and the co-host seat steps a bra. Hey Maria, I'm, in the I'm booth. here for the weird. I'm here for the weirdness. You're here for the weirdness. Yeah. In the booth, we've got Stephen Lemieux. Hello, hello. How's it going, Al? Guys, <laughs> I've made an adjustment to a famous line. I think it was Maya Angelou yes, that said, "When you know better, you do better," and it become became my infatuation recently. And recently, I just said something like, "Well, when you know better, you get better." And that felt like it applied so well into our show that that's our new tagline. Hey. It really does. When you know it's better, like you get you better. You just do it. Like, yeah. You got to know better stuff, then you can do better stuff. Steph, you're rocking a very cool look. And it's reminiscent of the 90s when we would like pull those little <laughs> strings down in the front, like the long bang. I know 90s are back, and I'm very much appreciating this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maria. I'm glad you noticed. Yes. 
my little um my little bangs yeah I Steph know. was Steph told me that uh we matched today yeah Who we did? did yeah she's like yeah we matched and I'm like you know what Steph you're dressed like a snake and you're telling me we matched that's a very nice compliment to tell somebody <laughs> Steven looks very handsome today his pants are very cool, cool pants yeah. yeah I got I got a I got cool pants they are very cool <laughs> When you know better, you get better. <laughs> when you shop at Target, you get better. <laughs> Guys, you know what? There are really cool things at Target. There Every time are. I go through there, I want to buy everything. And I just went to where did I, I went to H&M over the weekend because I bought some stuff that I didn't end up wanting and I went to return them. And I was like everything you really need as a girl is like at H&M and then for the higher end Zara. Like all of the trends. I bought these really cool Kind of high-waisted, cargo-y, like tan nude pants with like a tan sweater. And I'm like, if I rock this, what's the difference between me wearing that and like something that costs like $3,000? No one's going to know the difference. It really is just how you do it. Yeah. And having things fitted properly. So I said that in my first book is you can buy cheap stuff and then just take it to the tailor so they can make it a little better. Because obviously that's kind of the difference is the quality of the fabrics and the tailoring. And you can rock a lot of cool stuff. I remember that. I was like, oh, I could take my stuff to the tailor. Yeah. I? yeah. I mean, it's an extra step. But for some key pieces, why not? I mean, now's a good time to do it because Forever 21 is closing down. I know. Crazy. I love Forever 21. I still have a sweater from Forever 21 that's like 15 years old that I just love. It's just like a a cream, simple little sweater. And it lasts It's about forever. to be worth a whole lot more <laughs> I know. I had no idea it was going out of business. But I just walked by it and I was like, am I too old to go there? No. Nah. Oh, I mean, if I'm going there, now we really have a problem. I Skim. decided no, but now it's closed. Well, I'm sure it will be, you know, brought back in a different way. But I remember going in there for my first outfit for my interview with Channel One News. Kevin took me to Forever 21. He's like, okay, you're auditioning for a job. At Channel One News. And, you know, we had then started researching and figuring out a little bit about what it was. It was kind of like a CNN for kids. And so he was like, you need to look kind of like MTV news journalist. So we went in and this girl helped us. And we got this like bright orange, like sleeveless turtleneck sweater and like some khakis and some funky wedges. It was a really cute outfit. And And you got the gig. I got the gig. Kevin's always been my best stylist. Yeah, he is. He's so good. For After Buzz, I did H and M when I when I had my first interview uh-huh. or day. I looked really cute. Yeah, I don't regret the outfit I wore. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, you got the gig. This this may be a dumb question, but like for for clothing stores, are they like musicians in that like when they go away, they be, like all their catalog becomes worth so much more, or is that like no? I don't believe so. <laughs> got it. But I don't know. I don't know for sure either. So anyhow, glad to be back with you guys today. My mic is going a little crazy here. Um, Our quote of the day, life is not merely to be alive, but to be well. It's by Marshall. Not familiar with who Marshall is. Are you, Steph? No. No, but we took his quote or her quote. An Ayurvedic specialist, yes. Okay, his or her quote we took. Thank you, Marshall. Um, Thank you, Marshall. Um, Of course, you guys know we drop new episodes every Monday. We ask that you rate, comment, subscribe, tell us what you're enjoying, tell us how you're benefiting, um, anything. We love hearing from you. 
<clears throat> we also launched a Patreon for this show, or we're about to launch it. Right, Stephen? Yeah, we got it uh, pretty much almost all set to go. It's mm-hmm. going to be really exciting because uh, if anyone knows what Discord is, I don't know if our listeners do, but Discord. I still don't know. You keep telling me. I'm going to walk you through it. <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get Maria on. No, I it. do. I do. I'm kidding. It's it's an app on your phone that you can chat with people in these private rooms. So you get mm-hmm. an invite through our Patreon and you can communicate with us throughout the week, whether it's about like entertainment or uh, about Ayurveda with Sarahara. You want to talk to our guests. There's a tier for that. So you can talk to them before the show. There's mm-hmm. really fun stuff. And we can really start building this community of, you know, betterness seekers. That's the part that's exciting to me. So we've gotten so much amazing feedback from all of you guys and it, really sounds cool to me to be able to build this community out so that we can interact even more and together. Um, I really enjoyed when I did serious radio because I was able to talk to people back and forth and take calls. And that was just so much fun. Um, in this situation, there are so many people out there that are healing themselves or bettering themselves that we can learn from all of you guys. And so now we'll be able to communicate with each other and share all of those kind of tips and tricks and knowledge with each other. And we can all get better together, kind of like amplified. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's, I wish I had this something like this earlier because when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom. For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I've noticed that when you're the one in your group who's trying to get better, like whether it be nutrition or mindset or practicing Ayurveda, whatever it may be, everyone, you guys always talk about the bar stool. They want to bring you down and make you feel bad about doing that. But when you have an entire group of people that are doing the same thing, you don't have to worry about the haters anymore. Yeah. Well, you have your posse. (laughs) You have your tribe of people and you're all going to vibrate on that same wavelength and then everyone brings each other up and yeah that's so exciting to me and so cool because as you know I've been trying to build my new tribe and you know anybody who's listening to that sh- to this show is part of that tribe um, because we're all on the same page it was funny when I went to Tony Robbins seminars I felt the same way so I felt so safe and comfortable there to be completely free in myself and totally honest because everyone was there for the same thing. So all of our energies matched and it was so cool. Like you just don't get that feeling very often. Um, and Never, so, really. Especially that yeah. big of a room. What an accomplishment. 10, 15,000 people. Wow. It's crazy. So I want to tell you guys though um, about something that I, my newest kind of discovery. So I bumped into this guy named Naveen at this event. I can't remember the event now. 
And he and I got into this really engaging conversation about healthcare and he's been very successful in business and decided to build this company to help people. And it's called Viome. And so I think I told you guys in the Patreon about the stool test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had an exclusive episode that we're going to actually make uh, live for everyone just to let you guys know kind of what we're, <laughs> what our, what our Patreon exclusives are going to be like. But yeah, we, we heard a lot about Vio. Yeah, they're very informational. <laughs> this, these, those podcasts are going to be informational, yet silly and fun as well. Um, and that episode definitely got silly. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so anyhow, you do this stool test and you submit it in the mail. It's super easy. And then at some point you get the results back and it tells you uh, via the app, and I'm going to pull it up just so I can kind of share it's easier. on an app too? Yes. I didn't get that part. No, no, no. This is insane. That's amazing. So Kevin has been going to functional kind of holistic doctors, and they test him with those, like, machines, and they tell him, like, don't eat this and don't eat that. And they send him home with these, like, antiquated sheets of paper. Well, how do you go to dinner? Like, so then we would have to take pictures of them and then, like, close up on it, and it was just so frustrating. Anyhow, this actually tells you right on the first page, my foods to avoid – my superfoods, my supplements, and then all my foods. And so you can search really quickly. So like this morning, I was making my smoothie, and I wanted to make sure, am I supposed to put banana in there? Am I not? So search banana. It said avoid or minimize, one of the two. Oh, that's sad. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm not crazy about bananas anyway. I'm crazy about blueberries, and I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to eat blueberries. So it tests the microbiome in your gut, right? And it tells you your issues. So I have digestive efficiency, protein fermentation issues, and two other things that need improvement. Everything else was good. And so then it says what supplements. And for me, it was a probiotic that it suggested. So just in the last few days, now before this, I was telling you guys, I've been having all these bloating issues and I normally have the flattest stomach in the world. And then I look like I'm six months pregnant and I'm like, what's happening to my body? Currently, I'm reading a book about starving cancer that was sent to me by Ida Kendall, our hypnotherapist we've had on the show. And the woman Jane in there who talks about her journey and she really studied how to cure herself of cancer in such a deep way talks about the digestion situation is what leads to cancer. So when your gut is torn apart and you've got leaky gut and all these things, and I'm I'm generalizing here, um, all of those things screw up your system. It screws up your immunity and then the cancer cells activate. And so I was like, oh my gosh, So these little things we take for granted, and there's a part in there where she talks about like, I thought bloating and diarrhea and all these things were just kind of normal, like whatevs. And she's like, now I know those are huge, huge warning signs of what's to come. So if you're out there and you think that this is normal, it is not normal. That's why the doctor always asks how your stool is and you're usually embarrassed and you say, oh, it's fine. (laughs) And you don't say anything, or at least I would because I was like, "I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, you have to say something and you have to figure it out. So what's cool about this, and I'm going to get him on the show, is I've made some quick adjustments. I haven't eaten turkey in years. I quit 
chicken, turkey. I quit all meat. You quit cold turkey? I quit cold turkey. I'm sorry. Although I will say on Thanksgiving, I have enjoyed a smidge. Because yeah, I do usually. Once a year. But I had quit all meat and then got super anemic, so I allowed red meat back into my life. Turkey happens to be one of my superfoods. I ate it twice in the last few days, along with focusing on only my other superfoods, and my body has not bloated once. I feel way better. And that's just a couple of days. What? Yes. No Literally. fatigue or anything from turkey? No. No, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to bring this to you guys. Yeah. So. Anyhow, <clears throat> more to learn, more, more to share. I really hope that my superfoods are like <laughs> ribs and steak. I'm just like really – I'm like so – I like bribe them to make those be my superfoods. Well, red meat – generally is something to be enjoyed in small quantities yes. Stephen, like once a week so yeah yeah it's not really it's not good fair. for you i know well again you know that's so cool though that's the type of technology i'm all about mm-hmm. what's the point of evolving if we don't know what our body's gonna take or not take? and everybody's <laughs> body's different yeah. right so they're like blueberries are amazing for people okay yeah, that's a generalization. My body, it's not good for mine, I guess. And I was eating a lot of them, like a lot. So um, I'm only a few days in, but I wouldn't be saying it right now if I didn't already see such a massive difference from where I was days before Your I did this. skin looks really good. Thanks. That's because of Dermalogica, though. Oh. <laughs> I was trying My to facial. make a connection. Oh, well, maybe. You never know. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, we have an amazing guest for you guys. We've had her here before a couple months ago. Her name is Sahara Rose. She is known for making ancient wisdom accessible for today's people. She's, of course, also actually kind of a specialist for the millennials, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, she's written two top-selling Ayurveda books, uh, Eat Feel Fresh, a contemporary plant-based Ayurvedic cookbook, and The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Both had forwards from the great Deepak Chopra, who has claimed he is passing the Ayurvedic torch to her. So cool. So cool. And she's the host of the Highest Self podcast, and she is here with us today. And we're going to talk about chakras and how, well, first of all, what they are. Yeah. I don't, I'm not clear. Neither am I. It's one part of like spirituality we haven't really touched. Yeah. And and how they affect us. And last time she was on the show, she was talking about kind of Ayurveda 101, where, you know, more self-care morning routines are really important and we've implemented them. I don't know if you're still on it. Are you still on it, Skim? No. I do. <laughs> she looked at me like. The mm. dry brushing and not oil pulling every day, but once a week I've been doing that. Yeah. And the tongue scraping, but I was kind of doing that, but more more on it now. Okay. Steven, did you apply any of these? No. Okay. Everybody's on their different path. Um, so anyhow, so now we're going to kind of do Ayurveda 102 or maybe 1.1. <laughs> with her today and learn about these chakras and you, know, you hear people say like my chakras are out of line and i'm like what the hell does that mean yeah. <laughs> i'm like that so. sounds right but what do you mean <laughs> yeah so um yeah it'll be good to know so we're gonna we're gonna be educated by sahara hey everyone it's kelsey and jeff and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner anchor 
we know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. So I was just introducing Sahara to our new Woke studio. It That's, is beautiful. We've we've declared it the Dope Woke studio. Um, so yeah. It definitely has those high vibrations going on in every corner. Yeah, it's and fun. The, and the lemons, because when I, when I knew I was coming back here, I was like, oh, maybe she has some more lemons on her trees. So yeah. Now they're even in here. I know. <laughs> we, um, my husband came home from a trip back east, and he's like, we need to do your studio over. And he has like this whole vision for this, and... I was like, okay, and then he did it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love it. It's very homey. Yeah. Um, I don't believe I have lemons yet. We can look. Okay. You're welcome to have any of the fruit on the trees that are obviously ripe and ready to go. I think the pomelos are ripe. You can have some of those. That's awesome. And I did see one big mandarin, I think, or tangerine as I was driving the other day. It's like a citrus haven here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back. Last time you were here, we were kind of diving into Ayurveda 101, and I have applied my morning routine, so I am dry brushing, I am oil pulling, and I am tongue scraping. And so I don't remember exactly why I'm doing those things other than it's good for me. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about it in the shower this morning as I was oil pulling and swishing around the the oil. I'm like, I know I'm, this is good for me. I just don't remember why. Like the capacity in my brain to hold and retain so much is just not there anymore. So maybe you can refresh my memory and everyone else's on why that morning routine is so helpful. I know it was like cleans up the bacteria. Yeah. Right. So each has, I mean, having a morning routine in general is so helpful because as we know, the way that you start your day is how you're going to feel the entire day. So most of us start our day looking at our phones. Like I get it. I get it. I do it a lot too. But if you just start with work. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. And fall into whatever the day throws at you, then the day is going to control you outside, you know, circumstances are going to control your emotions instead of you coming forth and being like, this is how I want to feel. This is how I want to show up. So they call it Dinacharya in Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system. 
in the sister science of yoga based on the mind-body connection. So Ayurveda has nutrition, self-care, even psychology, how we relate to people. It's all under Ayurveda, but it can get as practical as these morning practices. So in our morning practice, one amazing thing to do is tongue scrape. So tongue scraping is taking a little U-shaped device and scraping your tongue. And why we do that is actually it improves digestion. So it makes you have better breath, of course, because we all have this like white mucusy mm-hmm. stuff on our tongues. You know, we've all saw that like Miley Cyrus sticking her tongue out thing and and all of the like Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine people are like, oh my God, her tongue is out of balance. You know, <laughs> like, that's what we're thinking about. But you could see from someone's tongue really what's happening in their health. And what's cool about your tongue is it's always changing every single single day, your tongue is going to look differently. If you start looking in the mirror, you're going to see, okay, maybe I ate something a little bit weird because there's a lot of white mucus, or Mm. maybe I've been having too much spicy foods or coffee because the tip of my tongue is red. So we can see these little imbalances like that. Even the shade of the white mucus, if it's more gray, there's more vata, so like dryness in the body. If it's more yellow, there's excess bile, which is pitta in the body. And if it's more just like white and fluffy, even some tongues look hairy, that's all kapha. So it's like sluggishness. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. Like you guys can Google it, but you might not want to. Um, But so we scrape our tongues because... First of all, we're getting to know our tongues. We're getting rid of all the white stuff, so we're able to taste better. But why tasting better is is important is because our digestion starts in our mouths. So the moment we put food into our mouths, we begin the digestive process because our tongue has little receptors on it that communicates with our gut and says, okay, right now she's having a lemon, it's acidic, so you need to bring down the acidity in your stomach. Or she's having meat, so you need more acidity or, you know, whatever, or, you know, certain enzymes as well, like amylase for carbohydrates, all of these things. Our gut creates the perfect digestive environment for the foods that we're eating. Now, if our tongue is coated in white stuff, it's like there's a barrier between our tongue and the receptors that communicate to our gut. So it's almost like this like condom that's like in between. <laughs> I call it like the tongue condom, yeah. but it can't it can't communicate and then it doesn't really know exactly what you're eating, so it can't create that perfect digestive environment for it. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure, and then you eat food and it's not it's not sitting well, you end up if you don't digest food well over time, it putrefies, it rots, it ferments, it spreads candida, it spreads all sorts of different issues. It can lead to IBS. And, you know, as we know, our digestion is related to our mood. So 70% of serotonin is our gut. So if we don't have healthy guts, our moods go down and there's depression and like seasonal affective disorder is related to poor gut health. So is it really? Yes, yes. So many things now. I mean, they're finding kids who have autism. They give them probiotics and give them a gut healing um, diet and their autism spectrum goes down. So we're seeing all like so deeply the mind and body are connected. So something as simple as scraping your tongue, which takes 10 seconds of your day, can help you live a better life. Wow. Well, I guess I'm living my better life and I didn't even realize. Um, Here's the thing. It's funny because one of the first things people say when, you know, you introduce these new things to do, like nobody had to do this back in the day. And, you know, we just ate what we ate, but we weren't poisoning our food the way we are now. Right. And we didn't have processed foods back in the day and canned goods and things like that. So it is a different time and we're poisoning ourselves more than ever with everything. Um, 
So we kind of need that extra assistance. And what's funny is they actually did do this back in the day because Ayurveda is 5,000 years well, old. They did that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Even You're all right. of these things are ancient. It's just since the agricultural revolution, and there's so many books about this, like Grain Brain, ever since the agricultural revolution, we essentially changed our entire food system and made it focused on like large factory farms and whatever could feed the masses at the lowest um, price. But you actually go to what your grandparents were eating and they did focus on nutrient dense foods, et cetera. They may not have read a book about it, but they intuitively knew. But now at this time, because we've strayed so far away from that, we need like someone else telling us because we don't have, I mean, I know you're very close with your family, but most people don't have elder people being like, have this for vitamin C or have that. If you have eczema, we're just on our own and we mm -hmm. just go to WebMD, which can freak us out even more. Yeah. And then that leads to even worse mental health, digestive health, et cetera. So that's why things like Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, all of these ancient practices I feel like are coming back because it's us intuitively wanting to learn these old ways without having someone there to teach us. Yeah, we need it. Mm -hmm. There's a need. It's interesting to hear you talk about the gut uh, in relation to mood, because I don't think any of us really make that connection. And just before you got here, I was talking about how I did this testing on my, my microbiome and my gut and saw the different deficiencies in there. And I've been reading this other book about starving cancer and the woman who healed herself of cancer, and she did such intense, detailed research, was talking about how she believes that cancer really starts with the inefficiency of the gut and the deficiencies because once that microbiome is kind of thrown off and now you've got leaky gut and all of that stuff, that's when every your immune system gets you know um, compromised and everything kind of goes from there. And I don't think any of us really think about it like that. We're just kind of piling on the shit, taking it down and... <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, Ayurveda is focused on digestion. They say it's not you are what you eat, but you are what you digest and assimilate. Because I could eat something that's quote unquote healthy, but I'm not digesting it well. And then it's like, were you just We were just that? talking about this. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. You're like, I'm Ayurvedic. I don't even know it. I didn't even know. But we, no, we just talked about this because I, I did this... Um, this test, it's called Viome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they check your stool and they test your microbiome and they tell you what you're digesting and what you're not. And it tells you your superfoods and what to avoid. And blueberries were on my avoid list. Mm -hmm. And I live for blueberries. Right. And because they're lower in sugar and I tend to run into prediabetes, that's the only fruit I really try to enjoy in like, you know, more quantity. Yeah. And it's not good for my, my digestive system. Yeah. I mean, sometimes with those tests, you can become sensitive to something if you overate it. So you may have just done too many blueberries that your gut, if we have any kind of imbalance, our gut becomes sensitive and mm -hmm. blueberries were those things you were loading it up with. So it's like, I can't do blueberries, but sometimes if you take it out of your diet for a couple of months, then you could reintroduce them mm -hmm. and you won't. Because you can do those tests and do it six months apart and actually get different results. Yeah. Well, that's what they actually encourage you to do. They send you another test to do after, I think it's like 60 days mm -hmm. to see once you've implemented the changes, yes. what's adjusted. Totally. And, and it kind of goes to show that our gut really is always changing and we can overcome essentially anything. We truly can. 
but it takes that awareness. And most of us, I mean, you probably never ate a blueberry and had a rash or something because you, you would have had no idea. So yeah. it's interesting because sometimes we have delayed reactions to things. Three days later, we feel it. You just may just feel brain fog or digestion and something's off. So it's hard to put that two and two together. That's why in Ayurveda, they say doing seasonal cleanses especially when we shift, like right now we just moved into fall, vata season. So this is the best time to do a cleanse, but not a juice cleanse or something really cooling, rather something warming. So in Ayurveda, we do Kitri. Have you heard of Kitri before? Yeah. So Kitri is the world's oldest detox. And essentially it's a mix. Traditionally, the mix is like basmati rice, mung beans, and then these different spices like cumin, coriander, ginger, fennel, mustard seeds, all of these different spices that are essentially very gut healing. And um, you slow cook them together. So it becomes this like mushy, it's not spicy, but it definitely has the spices in there. And you can do a form of healthy fat. So you could do ghee if you eat animal products or coconut or sesame oil if you do not. So it becomes this like porridge. It actually tastes very good. So anywhere from three to seven or even more days, it's real food. So you really could do it as long as you wanted. You only have the kitchery. And essentially what it does is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you can have, I mean, you probably just don't want to binge on it, but what's cool about it is you're not like hungry ever because you're eating all of the macronutrients you're getting enzymes in. It's warm, so it's good for your digestion. In Ayurveda, warm is essential. We look at our digestion like a fire. So imagine if you had a campfire and overnight you went to sleep and the embers of the fire went down and the next day you went and you suddenly put like bricks on that fire. Well, it would be too much. The fire would go down. Or if you put water on the fire, the fire would go down. So we need to gently rekindle those flames of the fire so it can burn strongly again. So a lot of us, we wake up and we have like, I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Our cold smoothie with all the frozen fruits or this, whereas that's putting the ice on the fire. And then our digestion is not working as strongly for the rest of the day. So that's why having something like kitchery, drinking warm teas, et cetera, help amp up your digestive fire. And with the kitchery especially, it's so easy to digest. It's almost like baby food. It's like mushy. So your body doesn't have to emit all of the energy that it normally has to when you're eating per se a salad, which is Mm -hmm. very hard to digest. And it can use that energy on healing yourself. So on Ayurvedic detox retreats, like a panchakarma, you just have the kitchery for as long as you're there. And I swear you leave and you just want more kitchery and, and you see how much, you know, you, you went to different textures of food for cravings or emotional, you know, I want crunchy food because I'm bored or I want sweet food because I'm, I'm sad or whatever it is. And if you just have this one kitchery, you realize that 
you can just eat to live and fuel your body and not use food as this pastime, as this whatever it is, and then also give your body a rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting because I'm remembering all the kind of Ayurvedic stuff I did back years ago to heal myself of these horrible rashes. And, and Yogi Cameron was talking about how food really, you know, you get your nutrition from other places like the sun and creativity and all these, although these other kind of places, it doesn't always have to come in the form of nutrition. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And also I stopped drinking cold water a long time ago mm-hmm. because I knew it was bad, but you were just reminding me about the smoothies. Cause mm-hmm. I always throw some frozen fruit in there or some ice cubes. Right. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that some people can handle it better than others. Ayurveda would never recommend it, but I see some people who are, you know, super pitta, they're super hot. They can handle, maybe sometimes they have a smoothie that has some frozen fruit. I would never put ice cubes for anyone, but they can handle it better, but maybe they add some ginger to it. So it has more warming qualities. Maybe they drink some hot water or hot tea before and after to, you know, not Prep make the this gut. cold. Yeah. Cause if you think about putting something like an ice cube in your body, what's the temperature of your body? Like we take our temperature, it's 98 degrees. So what is the frozen temperature? It's under 32 degrees. That's like a 70 degree difference. And your body is going to have to bring that temperature up. So it's a lot of energy Mm -hmm. that could have been used to have better skin or grow your hair or heal from a disease or something else. It's just being used to like heat up this thing. And if you also think about something cold, it makes things stuck. It makes things stick together. So it's like in your digestion, which, which needs to be smooth and flowy and movie. It's this ice cube that suddenly constricts things. So if you have any stool that's in your colon, which most of us do, it gets stuck. And, you know, a lot of people are doing now colon hydrotherapy and they're seeing they have stool that's in their gut from months ago. So if you're perpetually having icy cold drinks, cold smoothies, you're, you're creating more constipation. Whoa. I also like the idea of thinking about it in terms of exhausting you, right? Like most of us are so tired all the time. And if you look at the simplest thing is just like your diet And how that's, you know, if you're eating a lot of meat that needs a lot of digesting and if you're loading up your salad with a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and, you know, each thing has a different enzyme it needs to digest, right? Will you explain the process of like someone who loads up their salad thinking you're doing so good yeah, and how bad that actually is? Right. Yeah. I mean, most of us go to a salad bar and there's like a bazillion different options where we're like, okay, some of this and some of that, but each of those foods needs their own proper digestive environment, right? Some foods are more acidic, more alkaline, different enzymes needed, carbs, protein, fats, etc. So some people really, if they have really bad gut issues, I would say try to mono meal as much as possible. What's mono meal? So that's like having a meal that's like, I'm having sweet potato in this meal, or I'm just having bone broth, or I'm just having like one thing. So your body can fully absorb it because it's able to focus on only creating the digestive environment for that one food instead of a bunch of different ones. Now, most of us are having, you know, seven to 20 ingredients at a time. So it's just more work for our bodies to recognize the different the different enzymes needed for each thing. And it can't. How can it create the same environment for bread as it can for meat? Like these are totally different. One, you know, something like bread is going to absorb through your system very quickly, raise up your blood sugar levels, and then kind of be gone. Or fruit, 20 minutes in and out. Whereas meat can take six to eight hours to digest. So let's say, you know, a lot of people do salads with fruit on them. 
and then they have like some turkey in there. That's like an eight hour thing and a 20 minute thing. So what happens is that turkey is just going to sit in your stomach for longer. And then the fruit wasn't able to go through. So it's sitting on top. So then that fruit, as we know, ever leave a banana peel in your car, you know, you leave it It in. It rots. It rots. I mean, even after a couple hours, your car smells, let alone a couple days, you go on vacation and your car is 98 degrees and you left that banana peel on the car. Like that car is going to smell like crap for... For the next couple months, maybe forever. You know, you're gonna have to change those those seats, but that's what's happening in, in most of us or having fruit for dessert, you know, like, oh, I'm just gonna keep it simple. I'm just gonna have some fruit. Your stomach's full of whatever meat, carbs, dairy, etc. And then you add fruit on top, it's just gonna sit and, and people notice it like they have very smelly farts. That's a sign that No way. Yeah, the like smelly, almost like sulfuric farts are a sign that you're you're pu- putrid in your in your colon. So all of these things are having very smelly sweat. Like that's another sign that there's some toxins that are trying to be released in your body. And most of us, again, we're just, we try to mask it. We try to not think about it. We try to avoid it. So fruits for sure, like food combining is major. Fruits, empty stomach on their own. If you're going to have a fruit, have it before a meal. Wow. Yeah. And then carbs and meat should never be had together. So like a sandwich actually is like the worst thing you can do for your digestion. If you want to have meat and protein, have that on its own with some non-starchy vegetables like, you know, any kind of green or um, broccoli, et cetera. If you want to have carbs, you could have starchy vegetables with that. Like even sweet potato or any kind of potato with meat, steak and potatoes is incorrect food combining. Yeah. I think we need to do a whole episode on food combining because that's just... It's it's overwhelming to think about, especially when everything's been packaged for us in this wrong way. Yeah, I right? have a whole chapter on food combining in Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and like charts that people can look at. Even on my website, I have so many in the free gifts, like charts people can have that you could just put it on your refrigerator. I have it on mine of like what you can have. You know, a good thing is leafy greens can be had with almost anything. Mm-hmm. So you could you could do that with fruits. Let's say except it's for dairy. Yeah. Dairy is, you know, dairy is this interesting thing because back in the day when people would have dairy, it was like their neighborhood cow that they took care of and they loved and it was raw. Whereas now finding raw dairy is, I mean, first of all, it's illegal in many states. Is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. So you often can't find, like you have to go to Amish County. A lot of people order it frozen from Amish County in Pennsylvania or, you know, know someone with a cow. So first of all, it's very hard to get. Second of all, it has to be super fresh because since it's not pasteurized, it's extremely likely to get bacteria. On top of that, a lot of people actually don't have the DNA to digest dairy. So 90%, and this is scientifically found, of Asians and African-Americans are lactose intolerant. No way. Yes. Because they lack the DNA. Exactly. To... It was just never in, in their in the history of time. I mean, in, if you went to Japan or in Africa, they never had like cows. They weren't cow herders. It was more of, uh, I mean, in, in Africa, it was way more herding, et cetera. And in Japan, it was more sea vegetable based. So the people, I mean, if you want to look at blood types, which some people agree with, some people don't, the only blood type that can digest dairy are blood type B. So blood type B are people who typically their ancestry came from India. So it can be other people, but if you look at blood type and where they're ancestrally from, blood type O's tend to have originated from Africa, blood type B's from India, blood type A's from Europe. Yeah, I'm an O positive. You're an O? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for you, according to that diet, it would be higher protein, lower carbs, which you're already doing. Mm -hmm. 
So interesting. Yeah, because I, I used to put spinach in my smoothie mm-hmm. with the almond milk, and then I realized after reading about it that that wasn't good. Yeah, like some of the things in that diet are so specific that I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, for example, I'm a blood type B, and it says no lentils. I'm like, I'm pretty sure everyone in India just eats lentils. Like, how does that make sense? Or um, like chicken or peanuts. So, you know, it, it's still a very controversial thing, but yeah. I do know a lot of people who have followed it or at least the guidelines of it and have found immense healing. So do you really follow strictly the no food combining? For me, yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean... For example, I love fruit and I used to think it was healthier to have it as as a dessert. And I would notice for like even the next day, I would just feel bloated and off. And yeah, now I, I mean, the thing is I don't even eat grains or anything like that. So it's very easy. I don't, I typically wouldn't eat a pizza with pepperoni or I don't eat red meat at all. So I feel like the cleaner your diet gets. Yeah. No pizza. Right. Like a pizza is like you got that bread, you've got that cheese, you got the tomato. I only had a half a slice yesterday. (laughs) Just a half a slice. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. What about cauliflower pizza? Have you had that? I have. It's actually really good. Yeah, it's really good. And then you could, you know, do that with a non-dairy cheese. There's so many good ones out there. I love Miyoko's, which is um, an almond, almond milk-based one. So you can have a different type of pizza. It's just like for me, the setback that I get from from eating it's something, it. it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. Well, once you start to be aware of it yes. is when it makes sense. So I wonder, do you have on your website um, an example of um, the mono diet? Because I wonder, do you have to wait 20 minutes between eating things? Like how long, if you ate the sweet potatoes, could you wait before you then ate some meat or something? Yeah. I mean, to truly do mono mealing. So for example, Kitri, though it has the rice. So I have a Kitri cleanse on my website that I recommend doing it with quinoa instead of rice because quinoa is just higher in protein and it's not it's not actually a grain, it's a seed. And then I also recommend doing sea vegetable like kombu, which is really good for digestion. A lot of people these days have a hard time with legumes, so they have a hard time with even mung beans. So mung beans aren't actually beans, they're pulses. So they're easier to digest. If you're like, I can't do beans, they're easier to digest. And I also explain how you need to soak them. And that's what most people are not doing with legumes. If you look at any culture in the world, they like on their little counters, they're they're soaking things. Mm -hmm. And when we soak things, we break down those enzymes that make it impossible for humans to digest without it. So if you get canned beans, those have not been soaked and they've just been flash heated to an extremely high temperature. So it's like killed a lot of the good nutrients in it as well. I know it's easier, but honestly, soaking your beans doesn't take much time. Just put them in water, let them sit for 
as little as an hour or as much as overnight, you can forget about them too. And then the next day, just pour that water out, rinse them out because you want to get whatever came out, those enzymes off of there and then cook them. So a pressure cooker is a really good way to really cook them down. Um, and, and then if you add in cumin, which is very good for breaking down the gas that can sometimes come when you have beans or kombu, which is a Japanese sea vegetable, essentially anyone could digest that. So that kitchri is a mono meal, though it has the different ingredients because they're so cooked together that it's almost like one thing. So you could be, you know, on a kitchri cleanse, you're only eating that for like three to seven to even 21 days. I might so, put my mom on this actually. Yeah. It'd be really good for her. Yeah. I'll send you my, my kitchri cleanse Please ebook do. for sure. So you could do it. I mean, if it depends how healing you want to go, or if you're like, you know, I just want to kind of see how it, it goes. You can maybe just have your sweet potato at first. And then a little bit later, if you feel hungry, have your avocado and you know, it just depends how strict you want to get with mm-hmm. it. But certain people I've seen like life changed from from doing this the mono mealing as well as some people eating in silence really helps some of us are just very affected by sounds so let's say you have like tons of kids and they're screaming and you're eating you're not present so you're not digesting your food mm. so some people like i knew this mom, and or you're stressed and you're, you're creating other enzymes to exactly so there was this mom and she tried eating just her meal like for 20 minutes in this like pantry with noise canceling headphones and her chronic IBS went away. No way. Yes. So these little things like that, you just kind of have to like try things and see what works for you. Um, Another thing is some people need to be um, alone. Some people should be eating in families. Like everyone has their different thing of how they digest best but just think about where you're the happiest like some people they really like to share a meal with others and that's really important and maybe they don't have a family so maybe it's like going to a restaurant just to feel like you're around people that has like those long tables or some people need to be like reading a book again it's finding what works for you but it's Mm -hmm. going to make you digest and then feel better I like the noise. Can you imagine like the headline why noise canceling headphones could cure your IBS like it could be as simple as that. I mean, imagine all of the pharmaceutical industries we'd put out of business and it was just the solution was just like, listen to the birds. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy, actually. I love eating outside. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think eating outside is like how we always ate. We ate in nature with the fruits around us. Mm-hmm. And now we're just so sterile, like that cafeteria. And, and it doesn't feel good for anyone. Yeah. Well, we got to get to chakras because we just had an amazing discussion about gut and it makes sense because that's what I kind of was talking about this morning, but let's get into some of the chakras um, because I don't know anything about chakras. Um, There are seven of them. Mm -hmm. I know that. Can you explain each one of them and what they kind of mean? Yeah. So the word chakra means to wheel. And essentially, there there are these wheels of energy through our body. So they're unseen, but they're correlated with different parts of our bodies. And why chakras are important is because when we have imbalances on a specific chakra, it's going to lead to emotional as well as physical issues. So again, it's showing that mind-body connection. And chakras also come from the Vedas, which Ayurveda and yoga come from. So they're kind of having like a hot moment right now, which is really cool because people are realizing that maybe my gut issues is also related to my identity issues or my heart issues is related to heartbreak. And they're kind of drawing these parallels. So there's seven chakras through the body. The first one is the root. So the root is like, if you're sitting, it's, it's like your perineum, it's the bottom of your body. And this is connected. Like your butt? 
yeah, like the it's like the area between your butt and your genitals, your perineum. Oh, okay. Yeah, Just want to make sure people understand correctly. <laughs> okay, but it's also related to your hips, your legs. It's it's your trunk. You okay. know, if if you were a tree, it's your it's that area. It's everything that's touching when you're sitting. Exactly. It's rooting you but down. Especially right in the middle. Especially right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so that is related to your sense of safety. So if you feel safe and secure, you'll have a balanced root chakra. You're able to go into, you know, maybe flighty situations and not be disheveled by it. For example, you know, an ambulance goes by or you're in New York and you're still calm and you're still chill and you're still grounded because you know you're safe. Whereas a lot of people, maybe because of childhood issues or whatever else, don't feel safe. And this is why they get into fights. This is why they get aggressive. This is why they get into me versus you. And this is all related to root chakra. So if you think of the chakras like Maslow's hierarchy, you can't get to the other ones if the ones on bottom are not fully grounded. So if you had a safe and secure childhood, most likely your root chakra is well-formed. But if you had, you know, a Who lot did? of- Who did? Who had that? I know. Yeah. I mean, that's most people, especially in our society today, we have a lot of root chakra issues that have come up because we're so disconnected from earth. Mm-hmm. So our connection to earth and the outside world is root chakra, like walking on the ground, feeling anchored, feeling rooted. Most of us are like in high rise buildings and have never touched the dirt for like seven years. So that's going to create root chakra issues. So can you heal your root chakra without even having intended on it by just being connected to nature and all of that? Exactly. Yeah. I think most people don't even know what they are, but they just can feel like, oh, I really need a camping trip or, oh, I just really need a grounding meditation practice or eating root vegetables from Mm -hmm. under the ground. This is all root chakra. So when your root chakra is balanced, you just feel grounded and secure. Then we have our sacral chakra, which is right below our navel, related to our sex hormones. And that's related to sensuality. So relationships, love, as well as creativity, abundance, and pleasure. So I I love the sacral chakra. It's a good one because it kind of shows that these three things are related. When you are feeling your most pleasure and bliss and love, you're actually your most creative and you're actually able to manifest the most amount of abundance. And most of us, yeah, most of us grew up thinking like, oh, to make money, I have to suffer. Or I can't be creative because I wasn't born creative. Or I'm not worthy of pleasure. And it's all in this one chakra together. So root chakra is more sexuality. It's more primal. And then sacral is more sensual relationships, love. I think of it as like salsa dancing versus twerking. Mm-hmm. And if okay. you even look at the dance moves in the body, like twerking <laughs> is like down here and then salsa is like, no, 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 And And again, we, we all have all of them in our bodies and we all need them. So when our sacral chakra is out of balance, we have issues in relationships. We have issues with creativity and we have issues with manifesting abundance. Wow. So it's a good one. Then we have our solar plexus, which is our stomach. It's just the core of us. And they're all correlated with different colors as well. Root is red. Sacral is orange. Um, Solar plexus is yellow. So our, this room is very solar plexus. Yes. So this is our sense of identity. So if you look at little like two, two year olds, they're like, that's mine. It's me. Like they're creating their solar plexus at this time. So it's very identity focused. And that's why they need to make their own decisions. If they don't feel like they can, they can have temper tantrums and you need to allow them to because they're creating this, this sense of will, which is related to the solar plexus. 
So this is your ego self, which we all need. You know, this lifetime is not about not having an ego because then you won't exist. You actually do need an ego to live in modern world, but it's also about not over identifying with it. So when the solar plexus is in excess, there's too much solar plexus energy. That's when you become egotistical, narcissistic. It's all about me. It's all about what I want out of touch with the community and only into the self. And then when it's too little and they all have this too much, too little, when it's too little, it's, I don't really know what I want. I don't really know who I am, whatever you guys say and, and making yourself small, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of women historically have. So when your solar plexus is balanced, you know who you are, you know, your boundaries, but at the same time, you're able to compromise and go with what the group needs when that time is right. Wow. Okay. So then we have our heart chakra. So our heart chakra connects the three upper and the three lower chakras. So it's like the center of everything. And it's related to the color green. And they all have Sanskrit names. So this is Anahata. So the heart chakra is compassion and love. So it's not just love in a relationship, but it's love for all things. Like if you've ever had those days that you wake up, you're just like, oh, I love life. Like Mm -hmm. I call those heartgasms. Yeah. Heartgasms. Heartgasms. And that's how we're supposed to feel every day. We're supposed to genuinely just feel love for each other. And when our heart chakra is balanced, we feel connection to a homeless person, to someone that may have been considered an enemy to us. We no longer have any resentment. We just totally see that oneness of all people. And that's really a sign that the heart chakra is open, sense of oneness. And then when the heart chakra is excess, which I don't really see this happening too much, but you could be, you know, Again, not able to differentiate between yourself and others or overly attached to other people, a love addict, etc. And then when it's too closed, which is the most common, you're shut off to love. You don't let people in. You feel like if you let someone truly see you, you'll be hurt. And most of us have experienced at least one heartbreak in this lifetime, and that can really shut off the heart chakra. And the work is to really open it back up again and know that it's safe to love. Mm -hmm. How do people do that? Um, So physically, heart openers. In yoga practice, when you do back bends or camel pose or anything that opens your heart, even just opening up your heart like this and letting it be seen wow. opens up your heart chakra. Most of us walk around like this. You know, we're on our phones, our shoulders are curl- curled forward. We're, we're covering our hearts. Think about it. Like energetically, we're saying, don't come here. Don't, you're not allowed in. So if we can just walk with open hearts, even when I meditate, I put my hands on my heart because that's what I want to connect to. It doesn't really matter like if I'm seeing other realms or whatever, it's like, it's all about just the love. And I think that, you know, nowadays more and more of us in our society that has so much gun violence and war, et cetera, is like, if we could all just see that we're connected, all of these issues would resolve. So hand on heart meditation, just heart chakra meditations. There's so many of them, just feeling your heart beat and, and meditating on that and how it moves through your body, the color green. So again, being in nature or green crystals, anything like that are going to be really helpful. Green foods like leafy greens are also very helpful for um, the heart chakra. That's so cool. When I go outside, I like, I stretch my arms out as far as I can. And then I like feel like I'm hugging the world. It feels so good. And that's just <laughs> you naturally like opening up your heart to receive. Yeah. So we're, we're doing it without even knowing. I know. I start my morning like that. Mm-hmm. I go outside and I just I take in the sun and I just wrap my arms wide open and it feels so good. So good to just 
open up. And, and that's what we need. We're so closed in our society and we're so guarded. But finding safe places, like I love doing goddess circles. So gathering my friends together to sit in circle and just sharing your intentions and what you're working through and just holding that space for each other is such a beautiful way to open up your heart. Rose quartz, crystals, rose water, anything related to the rose is very heart opening. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So then we have our throat chakra, which is related to the color blue. So this is our means of communication, our ability to express and take the thoughts that we have and bring them out into the world. So, you know, some people like with you, you're a natural communicator. You can just say what's happening or what you're tuning into and just speak it out, especially with hosting. You have to really be on your feet and picking up on energy. So Mm -hmm. your throat chakra is naturally very strong. Whereas for other people, it's really hard to say what they think or just to come up. They feel like they're not words person, people. And when that happens, oftentimes you don't express your truth because you feel like you don't know how to say it or how to put it into words. So you just bottle it up. So when the throat chakra is closed, oftentimes it leads to throat related issues. So mucus, coughs, phlegm, it's essentially us not speaking our truth. Mm, so I, I have all of that Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe, and and also- Maybe I'm not speaking my all of my truths, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes like, for example, before I started my podcast, I just kept having this like throat thing that wouldn't go away. And I'm like, what is happening? The moment I started the podcast, it went away and it was something that I needed to share into the world. Yeah. So it could be a certain story, a certain conversation, whatever it is that you need to express. And then your your body's essentially like warning you and telling you what chakra is out of balance from those physical symptoms. So when your throat chakra is open, you're able to express. When it's closed, you have that congestion, like lump in your throat feeling. Then we have our third eye chakra. So our third eye is related to the color indigo, like a purple. And that's related to intuition, seeing the unseen. So our third eye is between our eyebrows, like on our forehead. So if you've ever seen pictures of like goddesses that they have like the third eye. Mm -hmm. So that's signifying that we should think with our intuition, that we should look at what we cannot see. So reading through things. And that's why things like Oracle card decks and, you know, meditation and all of these practices, what they're doing are they're enhancing our intuition, which we all have access to. We are all intuitive beings. We're all born with intuition, but most of us have been taught to not trust it. You know, like, oh, you're crazy. Why are you saying that? Or, oh, no, there's no proof or whatever society, Mm -hmm. parents, et cetera, have told us. And then that's made us shut off our third eye. So really the work right now is to open up that third eye and to trust your intuition and to not judge it, to not let your, because your mind is very different than your third eye. Your mind can be telling you, this isn't going to work out, blah, 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 blah. And your mind is trying to protect you, but your third eye is never talking to you in that voice. Your third eye is like, this is just what it is. And it's always relaying the truth. So when your third eye is open, you're able to know exactly where you need to go, what you need to say, what needs to happen next. You're always guided, not from someone telling you or reading it, but because you intuitively know. And then when it's closed, you go asking everyone for advice. You go, you know, trusting other people's opinions before your own. Like a major thing that I did was going on an advice detox. I used to ask, you know, my mom, my friends, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? And I realized that it was, mm-hmm. it was hampering me for my own intuition. So maybe for a period of time, you need to stop asking people for advice so you can start tuning in using meditation, cards, whatever practice you do to enhance your intuition. 
And then the last chakra is the crown chakra, which is actually above our bodies. It's right above our, four, our the tip of our heads. And that is where we receive the universal downloads. So we are all like tapped into this cosmic web of energy that's like, here's the idea that you're meant to do. And like, here's the wisdom and here's the truth. But again, most of us have like turned off this receptor and are not receiving the message. So when our crown chakra is open, we suddenly get a genius idea for something or we have a realization or, you know, we see this clear vision of what, what can be done moving forward. But most of us, again, we don't have open. So the idea moves through the chakras, the crown eye, you receive the idea. By the way, if you've ever received an idea, it was meant for you. You will never get an idea that you were not able to manifest because think about it. I don't get ideas about brain surgery, but a brain surgeon does, or I don't get ideas about like a new construction, like, but someone that works in, you know, architecture does, I get ideas about bringing sacred things into the world because that's what my life's work is. So if you ever get an idea, it is the universe gifting you with that idea, but it may be gifting other people with similar ideas, but the way that they manifest it will be different. So really the work of this life experience, your dharma is to take that idea, bring it through your third eye, think intuitively, what could this look like? Could this work for me? Do I want to do this? How could this vision move forward? Bring it through your throat, begin to speak it, express it, share it, write the business plan, whatever it is. Feel it through your heart, connect to all the people whose lives you're going to touch and the movement you're going to create, and then bring it through your solar plexus and do the work and put you know the grit involved in bringing things to life. And then again, find the creativity, find the abundance in it, find the pleasure in it through your sacral chakra, and then you root it to earth where it takes its own legs and there are other people involved and the message can move forward even potentially without you and then your crown is open to create the new idea so cool <laughs> steph are you dying right now i'm tweeting that quote out right now <laughs> if you ever received an idea as meant for you that's a bar sahara right? i'm gonna get that tatted on me that's amazing <laughs> yeah well because I mean, I know in the last few years as I've been doing all this work and kind of studying all these different things, I i am so connected that when I hear something, I believe it. I'm like, oh, like this morning I heard something from my mom and I was like, oh, this is what I need to do with her. And I believe it. And, and so I'm putting it into action. So I listen to these things, even if, you know, they may seem a little crazy. We had a really great episode with this mystic, Deirdre Hayde. You should listen to it. She was amazing. She just kept saying, stop saying you're crazy, you're wise. And I think it's something that women need to hear all the time, like on repeat, because we are wise and we are really intuitive beings and we, you know, have allowed the outside world to you know, extinguish that from Mm -hmm. our kind of tools. And if you think about it, what a perfect way to bring down feminine power, right? Mm -hmm. To tell them they're crazy. What a great way for patriarchy to rule. But now that the rise of the feminine is happening, the Aquarian age, we're coming back and we're sitting in circles and we're having conversations like this and being like, oh, I had this gut feeling about this and I never acted on it and it happened. And then through this collective sharing, we're seeing that this is the ultimate truth. And I mean, even if you think about technologies that exist today, like, you know, seeing infrared, if I had told someone 
50 years ago, oh, you're going to be able to see infrared or ultraviolet. They would have been like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? That's mad. There's only the light that we see. And now we know there are so many spectrums of unseen light. So what is there to say that there's not this collective intuition that we're psychopathically speaking right now? Mm -hmm. And and that there's so much communication happening between humans and plants and, and all things. Like, this is real. And this is something that people have been talking about for so much time. And science is, in fact, now catching up with where spirituality has always been. So neat. I wonder, so we know what the seven chakras are now. How do you work to keep them in line so when the idea comes, you can let it flow? Or if you have listened to these seven chakras and you're like, oh, that one I'm, I, I definitely know is out, how do people start to do that work? Where is the best kind of start? Yeah. So I also have a chapter of this in Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda just for the chakras, but I would look at what, what chakra you know is out of balance. And the chakras are also related to the doshas, which is pretty cool. Kapha is the lower chakras, Pitta is the solar plexus in middle, Vata is the higher ones too. So oftentimes your dosha imbalance is your chakra imbalance as well. So let's say you're like, okay, I know I have a solar plexus thing. I'm always just confused about what I need to be doing. And I also have digestive issues, which I just see it's a very common one. So looking at, okay, what can I do to enhance solar plexus? So first of all, doing meditations that I'm literally touching my stomach and and breathing into my belly and connecting to that. Doing things to trust my gut. So when, when something happens, what does my gut say? And tuning into my gut's energy, the gut response, which is kind of different than the third eye's response. Each of these has its own form of intelligence. That gut knowing is this like, ooh, ink. It's like almost... It can almost feel like fear, actually. Mm -hmm. So trusting what your gut says, yellow. So having more yellow foods, having maybe some citrine or yellow crystals, uh, surrounding yourself by the color yellow. Affirmations like, I am enough. I am whole. I am supported. Just saying that to yourself, your, your brain will believe what you tell it. So if you keep saying, I am enough, or I receive the support I need to focus on my dharma, Or today I'm going to do everything in my power to live my life's purpose. And you're just saying that in your head over and over again, like a broken record. Your gut is going to listen and your body's going to be like, you know what? I am enough. I am worthy. I am empowered. I am sacred. I am in control of my life. So even writing it down, you know, I had a friend, he had really bad uh, root chakra imbalance and he would just write in his journal over and over again, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe because he was gay and growing up, he didn't feel safe. So all of his things that show up for him are lessons to learn about safety, whether it's financial trouble or an issue with his husband. He needs to learn that no matter what happens, he is still safe. And the issues that show up for you are going to be the exact lessons you need to work on that chakra. So you can't ignore it because it's going to keep on showing up. So let's say your heart chakra is totally closed. Well, you're going to keep on getting experiences like falling in love with someone and then moving away or it not working out that you're like, I can't trust. I can't trust. I can't trust. And the heart chakra closes more and more and more when really the lesson is that love is everywhere and love is not tied between two people, but exists in all things. So looking at what keeps showing up for you, if you're not sure what chakra is out of balance is going to be a really good indicator of what you need to focus on. Wow. That's a lot. But you know what? I've done that where I have a folder in my iPhone where I have those kind of one-liners that I continuously say because 
you're right, the brain, whatever you believe will be, and the brain will be told something. And then the body creates different chemicals that kind of help you see that reality come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Yeah. Our, our words are our wand, right? Ooh, we, we, I love we, we that. We speak things into existence. So what, you know, most of our mental chatter is, this isn't going to work out. You suck. You're fat. You're ugly. And it's like, is that really what you, what you want to speak into existence? Or I'm magical and I'm divine and I can, I'm a creatrix of all beautiful things in this mm-hmm. world. And then there's also physical practices. You know, if your throat chakra is stuck, singing. Because using your voice in that way to create beauty without worrying about the words. We're so caught up in words in our society. I love um, sound bowls. Have you ever worked Mm -hmm. with sound bowls before? So you can go to a sound bath or even just get, you know, sound bowls and sing along to them or just sing in your shower or sing in your car, just using that, that voice. And then when an issue happens with your husband and your typical response is to close up, maybe that's just going to give you the energy you need to really show up and say what you know you've always needed to say. And then maybe your thyroid issue is going to go away too that's been lingering on for so long because your throat chakra has been out of balance. Yeah. What about people who have a lot of guilt or self-hate or like are self-loathing? How do they get past that? Yeah. So, And what chakra is that connected to? Yeah. So- Guilt and shame are two different emotions. Guilt comes from outside. I feel guilty that I didn't do what my parents want or that this person needs me. And then shame is coming from within. I'm shameful for being who I am. So if we look at the vibration of emotions, which are like the energy that they have, which Abraham Hicks speaks a lot about, shame is the lowest vibration emotion. It's worse than anger. It's actually worse than guilt. So shame is like, I'm not, I'm not good. Like I'm wrong. Like I'm, I'm not worthy. And a lot of us are walking with these shame stories. And then guilt is, yeah, again, it's related to outside people. So it's actually a higher vibration than, than shame. So how we get rid of shame and this, there's a lot of work. It's first being aware of where it's coming from. So oftentimes it's coming from a story that we're telling ourselves that is not true. So let's say I'm shameful because I'm, I was never as pretty as my sister. I, I don't have a sister, but let's say. So where is that shame coming from? Me feeling like to be loved or to get the attention, I need to look like her. And the fact that I don't, I'm not deserving of attention and I'm not deserving of love. Well, is that true? Can, can I see that that's true, that only people who look like my sister are deserving of love? Well, no, clearly that's not true. Okay, so the story I'm telling myself is not true. Do I want to walk around continuing a f- false story? And it's like, Mm, no, obviously. So you could go at it by that, but it's still in your body. And that's mm-hmm. when the somatic work comes in. So somatic work is taking the trauma and the stories that have been stuck in your body for so long, coming into awareness with them, but then releasing them. So there's so many kinds of somatic work from ecstatic dance and dance therapy and movement, as well as body work that people do. So that's literally saying affirmations like I am enough while you're going deep into this like hip issue that has been, you've been holding onto for so long that is related to that exact point of shame. So when you're coming into that in a joint mind body way, it's able to be released. That's what a lot of shamanic practitioners, et cetera, are doing as well. So I mean, there are a lot of body workers out there who are doing more psychosomatic work. So I would look into those. Those mm-hmm. I've done that, and it's provided me with a lot of healing. And then ecstatic dance. So ecstatic What's ecstatic dance. Yeah, it's amazing. It literally saved my life. It's, I mean, I'm dancing today, but that's like ballroom dancing. It's right. a little different. So most of us dancing is like choreography, and you have to do the step, and it's like we're in our heads, but 
you know, historically we've always danced everywhere in the world and it's been a form of connection and release and letting go. So ecstatic dance is, they have them all around the world. It's a no speaking consent dance party. So no one's talking and everyone's just totally dancing in their groove. And it's not just like top 40. It's a lot of like tribal and conscious and eclectic type of music. And people are really letting go. Like some people are crying and some people are laughing. And there's just such release of being able to, you know, maybe your shoulder just wants to do this like weird thing for a really long time. Or maybe you just want to jump and shake. Or maybe you just want to sit and meditate in that space. But I started going to ecstatic dance like six years ago. And I went to Bali to like do yoga and I found ecstatic dance and I was like this is actually the yoga that I really need because again yoga is like you do this thing and you do it right and has to look like the teacher but with ecstatic dance it's letting go of any of that letting go of any inhibition any story any sense of what's right or wrong and just letting your body guide you and I had a lot of shame uh, a lot of guilt that was my my story a lot of guilt for not you know, following what my parents had to say or not being the best daughter or whatever. So when I would dance that, I could just remember all of these instances in my childhood that it would come from. And instead of getting caught in the story, I would just keep dancing, keep dancing and keep moving it through. And by the end, I literally felt like a 50 pound barbell was released off my ankle and I could move through so much more clearly. So not only is there ecstatic dance, but there's many forms of this, like five rhythms dance is one it's all over five elements dance. I teach one called dance your doshas, but these kind of cathartic dance experiences, I swear are the healing of the new paradigm and what the world needs more than anything. Wow. I wonder if that's similar to what Julianne Huff is doing right now with her dance platform. I'm not familiar with hers. I don't know much about it, um, but I know she just launched this whole dance and it sounds kind of familiar. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. And, and shaking too. Have you heard of like shamanic shaking? No. So if you look at any animal, you know, like a dog, like they fall and they, they shake it off. Like animals just shake. So humans, we've always done that too. Historically, if something's off, we shake. But then when, you know, the British rule came over to all these places, like shaking is wrong. It's barbaric. So we stopped shaking. We used to actually shake. Yeah. If you go to African villages, they're shaking all the time. Like they're having full on circles where people are shaking and one person goes in the middle and just shakes and screams and dances and everyone's just holding space for them. And it's like, like that's the medicine right there. No way. So even like sometimes if I'm like stressed, I'll literally like for a minute just shake. Like I'll, I'll shake my arms, my shoulders, I'll jump my head and just releasing anything that I'm holding on to. Like I'll even be in a public bathroom stall and just shake. And I just walk out of there like, whoo, feeling so much more grounded. And what's really beautiful is after shaking to just sit in that stillness and put your hands on your heart and your solar plexus and just to witness the energy that's now moving through your body and to just be the observer of that. And it just reminds you that all of these things you're experiencing, you don't have to identify with them. You can stand back and be that observer. So I love listening to a group called Tribe Called Red. They do a lot of really cool like Native American type music, but it's the best for shaking. Wow. So Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, maybe not as good. That's more like, it's more like a cutesy shake. Like I'm talking about like primal shake. Deep shake. Okay, deep shake. I like that. What about people, so you talked about people who probably are shamed of something that isn't true what about for people who know it's true Mm. like they've done some bad things that they feel shame for Mm. how do they move through that yeah so for example like infidelity is a really big one overcoming infidelity so forgiveness forgiveness first of yourself 
I think that that's really important because most of us, if we harbor so much anger towards ourselves, that's going to create that excess of solar plexus of like me versus you and wrong. And then it can also really take you into your ego as well of like justifying why I had to do this or that person didn't give me my needs. So I had no choice but to, to cheat. So whenever we don't truly forgive ourselves, we're going to keep on harboring these, these angry stories. So it's, it's coming to that point of forgiveness of understanding why, understanding that you have compassion for yourself, which is also related to the heart. Oftentimes, trying at least to have forgiveness from that person. So maybe writing them a letter or, you know, just making it known. I, I truly am apologetic about whatever happened and they may or may not forgive you. But speaking that again, throughout chakra, putting it out into the world is important. Meditating, third eye, looking at from a cosmic perspective, how did this teach me a lesson? Why did I need to go there to to go in the right direction? So I don't know if we talked about karma in the past in the past episode, but sometimes we we steer off track. We do things that are not in alignment with who we really are, and this is creating karma. It's creating response. So then that response you get is maybe you've been cheating, 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 and then they find out about you and they divorce you, or or whatever happens. You've been lying, and then suddenly you're caught. So this is an opportunity for you to go back into alignment. So it's looking at what did this teach me? What have I been overlooking probably for months or maybe years that have led up to this experience that has given me no choice but to look at this behavior that I've been holding on to potentially for a lifetime? So then from that that point, it's like a total clearing looking glass of what you've been doing. Now you can say, okay, here's how I can move forward and move further into the truth. Maybe it's, I'm going to tell the truth to everyone, even people that don't know what I've done. And coming from that place, you're moving more into alignment. Maybe it's letting go of behaviors and habits that I know are not serving me. Maybe it's related to me drinking or smoking too much or whatever, moving into alignments. Maybe it's some compulsive behaviors I've been shopping or mind, mindlessly spending, moving towards alignment. So in Ayurveda, we have three qualities, um, sattva, rajas, and tamas. So sattva is complete purity. It's when you're in just total alignment, all areas of your life are clear. And that's the goal. Rajas is like a little bit of ego and competitiveness and rage. And our society is very rajasic. So noticing, okay, I've been operating from a point of rajas. What's the more sattvic choice? So maybe instead of drinking that beer, I'm going to drink water. Or you know, it could be as simple as food or as simple as ways I respond in conversation. And then the third is tamas. So maybe I've been lazy. Tamas is related to lethargy or dullness or eh, whatever. I could do that, but I don't really feel like it. So maybe you've had some tamas in things of your life. Like, okay, I know I should have a regular meditation practice, but whatever, I don't have time or this. So it's, again, it's pulling those things back in to come towards sattva and taking any opportunity as as a choice that you can make to bring you back into alignment. So I think there's not like one thing that you can do, Mm -hmm. but it's always a lesson. Well, I feel like I've learned a billion things in this last hour, Sahara. You are a wealth of information and knowledge. So I'm going to leave it there. But I do want to talk about your cards, right? So you created this gorgeous book of cards, Yes. right? Yes, an Oracle card deck. Tell us about this. Yeah. So, you know, for myself, I mentioned I went on the advice detox and I was really on a journey to enhancing my own intuition because I knew I wanted to, you know, 
be living this life in total alignment, but I didn't have examples around me. And the, the chatter I was getting was like, you're never going to make money. You're never going to survive. You're going to become homeless. Like all of these fear-based conditioning. So I really had to look towards how can I enhance my intuition? And I discovered Oracle cards, which are similar to tarot cards, but Oracle cards can have many different meanings and pictures and symbols, etc. So when I was in India doing the photography for my last book, Eat, Feel, Fresh, I suddenly received this download. So the crown chakra came through and I wrote down these, these 54 meanings of cards, which are these decks, um, these decks, 54 cards. So 54 cards and 108 meanings. 108 is a very auspicious number in the Vedas. And they're broken down into yoga, Ayurveda, chakras, goddesses, etc. But what's most important is how you use them. So you put out the cards in front of you and you can ask a question like, how can I move forward in the most aligned way on this situation? Or what is this teaching me? Or what message do my guides have for me? Or how can I show up more clearly, etc.? So you pull these cards, you come into a meditative place, you ask these questions, and the way that I teach it in in this deck, a yogic path it's called, is I pull the card, but I don't look at it. I hold it between my hands like a namaste position, and I ask my intuition, what answer does it have for me? Because most of the time we know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and like you see if it matches. It, it's not even see that it matches. It's allowing yourself at that moment to receive. Because a lot of people they pull a card. Oh, what does the card mean? You go to the book, and it's like that's giving up your power. The whole point of this is to take it back in. So I ask my intuition. Oftentimes, I receive. You know, what energy do I need for today? I already knew what energy I needed. So then I pull the card over, and these cards are, even if I wasn't involved, they are the most beautiful cards I've ever seen. This whole package is yeah. so stunning. So the cards are the original statues and artwork from two to 5,000 years ago, Vedic times, but with this like epic modern collage art. And there's so many subliminal meanings that I've encoded in there for you. So when you pull that card, then you look at the picture, and then you let that picture tell you what it's saying, and you'll see all these little symbols like maybe there's a snake or maybe there's like a moon that's like lit on something and that in itself is giving you messages to your subconscious of exactly what that card means so again enhancing your intuition even more and then you can look into the guidebook and there's a different meaning if the card is upright or or upside down so oftentimes it's related to the light and the shadow aspect of that one meaning so for example let's say I pull the card and it's Durga She's a warrior goddess. So she's telling me to cultivate strength and energy and courage to pursue my dharma. But at the same time, she's very motherly and nurturing and warm and kind. So I can look at, okay, where do I need to show up for myself more kindly and lovingly, but also hold on to my strength. And, you know, now is not the time to have a pity party. It's time to move forward. Or maybe I pull a card. You know, I was just teaching this goddess dance activation. I pulled a card for the group and we pulled Lalita Sundari, which is the goddess of sensuality, which was so perfect for a group of women coming together to connect to their bodies and be sensual. Or maybe I pull a card that's one of the chakras and it's telling me what chakra I need to work on or a dosha or a yoga sutra. So there's so many wisdom and messages in there. And what's so cool about the Vedas is it's the origins of all spirituality. So it's in us. We already know these things intuitively. So oftentimes when you pull something, it almost feels like a remembering of something that you already knew. And then you'll notice Within a couple of days, your intuition is so much sharper from doing this practice. I love that. And I love that you're using it in the way that you are, where it's not just about pulling the card and, okay, 
you know, Sahara's in essence telling me what I'm supposed to know. Exactly. You're, you're trying to train us to use our intuition. I think that's so smart and it is really stunning. What a great gift for people. Yeah. Especially where the holidays are actually almost upon us. Um, and before I let you go, what is the one thing you're doing right now to get better or be better? Is there a new practice or a new thing that you're doing? Mm. So I've been connecting a lot with women. I've created something called Rose Gold Goddesses, which is my sisterhood collective online. And just to sit in the presence of women and to share that space and circle, like I recently hosted a goddess circle that was connected to the rose and the goddess Saraswati of our creativity. So I think the coming together of women in this beautiful way of, you know, no competition, no rivalry, no envy, no judgment, and just fully be there in support of each other. That has been the most life-changing thing I've been doing recently. I love that. It's a good, good way to spend your time. Yes. All right. Well, Sahara, thank you as always. Um, I learned so much that I now need to take notes on the notes of this episode (laughs) and then apply all of this. Steph, don't you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel the exact same way. This one was completely different than the first episode. There's so much to know. So full of info. I, I did it. have one curious, out of curiosity yeah. question for Sahara. We're in a time where a lot of people are becoming influencers or on the internet and they're, and they're um, spreading different health and wellness advice. And you've spent a lot of your time actually learning and becoming really knowledgeable in your respective part in health and wellness. Is there any celebrity or influencer you've seen that's spreading kind of harmful advice or um, repping a harmful product? Ooh, that's a tough one, Sam. (laughs) You know, I think that there are different approaches that work for different people. So, for example, the caveman diet, which is a huge thing happening right now. It's you only eat meat. You don't eat any vegetable at all. And I've seen a lot of people who were, you know, in this keto paleo world are now in this caveman diet. Personally, I would never do it. You know, you're not getting any nutrients. You're not literally meat has nothing in it. It's just like purely acidic. But they're saying they're getting healed. So I don't know. Maybe it works for, I don't know, certain demographic of people. If you look at, you know, the Inuits in, you know, Nepal or in, in cold climates, they would eat only meat. So maybe it would work for someone who lives somewhere very cold. So I don't like to say that it can't work. I would never do it. The raw vegan thing. I was raw vegan for a long time and it led to all my health problems. Did it really? Yeah. So I wouldn't do it. I have, I, I liked the community and the culture around it, but it also made me stop getting my period for two years and lose tons of weight and hair and look sickly. So again, there are certain, it could also work though, if you have cancer and you need a lot of raw, raw food. So I think it's just, there's no one size fits all approach. And that's why I like Ayurveda because in that there's no one size. fits. it's not like I'm on an Ayurvedic diet. It's like, is it pitta vata kapha? Is it fall or is it spring? What chakras out of balance? Like it's just giving you the information you need at any point to listen yeah. to your body. But I do think what's unhealthy is just the amount of like plastic surgery that's being marketed as the as the fix of like oh if you can't lose weight just like cool sculpt or like do this or do that and and again first of all it's it's body shaming it's acting like your body has to look a certain way to be healthy which is not true and it's not getting to the issue of why do we not feel healthy why are you holding on to those extra 50 pounds there could be an emotional reason of holding on to energy or it could be a food intolerance that you haven't addressed so I think everyone's at a different level of consciousness and some people like to, I think we're all going to the same place, but we're just at different 
we're just at different areas. So I have compassion for that person who's sharing flat belly teas or who's sharing, you know, whatever weight loss thing that they think is helping. Because I genuinely do think everyone thinks they're helping, but with further awareness, they're going to realize that that's not actually helping. Yeah. I also wonder how much of it is like tied to the placebo effect and what we were talking about before, which is what you believe will be. So if you really believe in a caveman diet and you like fully are embodying all of this with your your mind and stuff, like I feel like it could work for somebody because their belief is so deep in it rather than why it's actually good for you. 100%. So, and we're all different. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's just not kind of the more normal approach. Yeah. And now Instagram has taken some measures that you can't sell those like weight loss products anymore. They're actually oh, really? being banned. Yeah. That's great. So I, th- I think eventually like if you just eat like regular fruits and vegetables and stuff from the trees, like you'll be healed, but there's not a mega million dollar corporation that like works for the lemon trees that is propagating it. So exactly. it, it all, all of it really. And again, why are those influencers posting those things? Cause they're getting paid for it. So it's all coming down to this like cross between like consumerism and food products. So it's going to take people becoming aware and realizing what is this person's background? What could their incentive be? And and who's truly here to serve? And you can feel that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sahara. We are back. I'm so glad that I allowed my smoothie to cool down <laughs> through that whole interview. I will never have a cold smoothie again. Um, Steph, Stephen, what have we learned? That smoothies can cool down, apparently. <laughs> I know have your brains exploded because mine exploded today. Yes, I such a good episode and cold smoothies. My roommate, what's up, Haley? She makes, she puts so much ice in her smoothies. So maybe this because she loves it, but maybe this will change her mind a little bit. Maybe it will. That's one thing. But uh, I love the I, the part about the ideas. Like you won't receive an idea if it's not for you. <sighs> that is Me just too. incredible because yeah. if you think about it, that's so true. Yep. Why would you? Why would you think about something that's you're not capable of doing? Yeah. I mean, that is a reality She's check right. For I'm sure. not getting tips on how to innovate brain surgery. And by the way, that's in my like vortex, obviously, because I'm dealing with a lot of brain stuff in my life. But I am getting ideas for building out women's retreats and events and things where we can all come together and and help each other and share information. And so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The other thing that really resonated with me was when you feel like you've lost touch with your instincts and your intuition and you can't make decisions, which I went through a period, I'm still kind of coming out of it where I, I just couldn't make decisions anymore. And I, I just didn't know everything seemed okay to me. But I actually did stop asking people for advice. Like I would go to my mom constantly and finally I started to wean myself off and I've been able to gain more clarity because I think I was attached to other people telling me something as opposed to me finding my way with it. Yeah, doesn't it feel so much better when you're doing it yourself? Like I always go to Kevin. Kevin, my nail broke. What should I do? (laughs) And so I started doing that this summer where – I kind of pulled away and was like, wait, I'm never going to fully realize myself if I'm always going to other people mm-hmm. for their take or their advice. And I always lean on Kevin because I'm like, you know me better than anybody. But at the same time, 
there's still more inside of me that he doesn't know that's still that's percolating or new things and it was just so cool to to realize that i think it's important for all of us yeah i remember that moment when he was gone for a little bit and maria just stepped into her greatness it was awesome (laughs) i like i started going to like places to eat and coffee shops and different things that he would never go to with me and or because he's so in his routine Mm -hmm. and i started working on projects on my own and cultivating them myself and it just felt so good not because i don't want him but because i want to find myself and own myself and like you know guide myself a little bit more and I think it's so great. Now he comes to all these new places with me and he loves them. Wouldn't, yes, wouldn't his response to that probably just be like, you know, I knew I've been telling her to do this for years <laughs> and I finally she just took my advice. It's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, any good takeaways for you? Honestly, what Steph said, I really, I really liked that aspect of like, you know, you need everything in life is preparing you for what that big idea is, is going to be for you. And it's like, Nobody else is going to be walking across the street and have every single moment of their life lead up to three thoughts connecting and saying, this is your thing. Yeah. And it's just, that's why everyone has a different path is because nobody's walking the same one. Like, I mean, Maria, nobody would have thought that three years ago with what you were going through, this is what it would lead you to. It could have led you to a very different place, but because of the, let's say, 18 years prior of your life... (laughs) Yeah, uh, it. This is that's what you based it on. You're like, well, I don't want to do all this, and I mm-hmm. don't want to be involved in negativity anymore because you've already experienced it. So that allowed you to have the idea to shift it into a positive space and create better together. Yeah, totally, totally agreed. Well, thank you guys for joining us here on Better Together. Because when you know better, you get better. Uh, If you would help us and be so kind as to rate, comment, subscribe, share this with a friend. If there's an episode you love, like this one, for example, um, and you think one of your friends or all of your friends need to know these things, please share it on social media. New episodes drop every Monday. Um... And if you're watching us on YouTube, hi, thanks for tuning in. Hi. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach us, you can find us at better together with Maria at gmail.com. We are launching our Patreon hopefully by next week. Um, that will include exclusive episodes and access and all kinds of surprises. But the biggest part is, you know, everybody does the gifts and things like that. For us, it really is about building this community so that we can all share information and get better together. And it's funny, I've been realizing that with certain people I'm helping with, you know, brain tumors and brain surgeries, some of them are so even better researched than me. I'm not saying I'm like the creme de la creme of it either, but I'm just saying they're calling on me for help. And then they're end up, they end up helping me as I'm helping them. So yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. And that's what I love about what we're going to try to build here or what we are going to build, not try what we are building, what we are building um, we'll all be able to share information and help each other. And as we've talked about, maybe it was today, maybe it was another day, but oh, it was today, actually, it just feels like it was a long time ago, but, um, vibrating with the same people and the energy of people that want to be better is only going to help all of us. So we're really excited about it. In the meantime, if you want to purchase any of Sahara's books, uh, and the yogic path card deck, you can find them on her website. I am Sahara 
of course, Amazon has everything, so you can go to Amazon as well. Um, and all of this will be in the summary of the episode. So I hope this was helpful to you guys. Um, we do. And Steph has something to say. We oh, all- we have comments. Yay! Yes. I forgot last week, guys. I'm sorry. We can't forget. We have iTunes comments. <laughs> yes. Five Let's stars. Share. Magic Maria from iPhone Liz says, this podcast is so helpful. I'm going to a different difficult situation this weekend. Was recently reading articles on confidence to prepare. Then like magic, I wake up this morning to a new episode of Better Together. The topic was confidence. You can find something valuable in each episode, which is really cool. I've always been a fan of Maria, but now I appreciate her for curating a list of topics we can all benefit from together. Yay. Another one from uh, T.G. Oven. Perfect timing, not the first time. The podcast today could not have been more on point for me. I was having a bit of a down day, so I decided to walk my dog for a pick-me-up. I always listen to a podcast when I walk Jack the dog. I looked at the library and realized it was Monday. Your podcast had just posted. I did a little cheer on the street. The neighbors are used to me, so it was okay. (laughs) I am in the process of looking for the right job. I have always taken the job that is 12 hours plus a day and burnout comes. This time is different. I'm looking for the job I love to go with alongside the life I have built where I've taken a short break to regroup. I was reminded to present myself honest and straightforwardly, which is perfect timing since I received a couple of interview requests for jobs I've searched out that I fall into. I'm going to love this category. Thank you for Maria Mondays. You have no idea how much of a wonderful impact you have brought to my new life adventure. Cheers. I love that. And I hope Jack loves it too. Jack the dog. (laughs) You know what's actually cool about that is if you think about it, right? You go into a new job, you're going to go do an interview and everyone's presenting their best self and everyone wants it to work, right? Like the person looking for someone is desperate to find someone and you are like desperate to find that something that's right for you. But if you don't present yourself honestly, it's going to come out at some point. And now you're going to be in a situation where you didn't share your full truth and then maybe they didn't share their full truth because laws of attraction and now you're in a shitty situation so it's better to be totally honest with what your gifts are and what they aren't like if your gift is not you know organization or you know being detailed but you're really gifted at something else like share that with them because if that's what they really need and then you can't give it it's not going to be good or yeah and the same thing on the other end, if you're interviewing people, like I was reading something recently, or I don't know where this came from either. Maybe it came from one of the podcasts, but when you are interviewing people for a job you are looking to fill the position for, if you are like almost auditioning and like trying to make it amazing for them, you're not doing the right thing. Like I've caught myself like trying to be like, you're going to love it here. It's amazing. And this and that. And it's like, wait, no, why am I doing that? <laughs> I, this is the job. Here's what it is. And, you know, do you fit the job? And it shouldn't be about me doing cartwheels and, you know, begging you to take the job. But that's something like in your confidence and kind of like owning your power and everything that you kind of give up in that moment. So anyway, just some thoughts from that that post. Go I ahead. dig it. Uh, moving on to the next one, Ginger888 says, love this podcast slash show. There's a mermaid emoji and a pink sparkly heart emoji, which is really important. I have to bring that up. Why? I don't know. Oh, that's cute though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the deeper meaning? The, there is a deeper... No. Uh, I love your podcast and just started watching the show on YouTube. I'm an empath as well, and this show has helped me so much. I no longer think I'm the odd duck. You have brought me so much helpful information to my life, and I can't mm. wait for every Monday. Yay. I love that. Aw. Well, 
So cool. What a great way to go. So cool. Follow us, guys, at Maria Menunos, at I am Sahara Rose, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. And when you know better, you get better. And you also forgot to tell them it's patreon.com slash better together with Maria. No, we, I didn't forget. We you never, forgot. We never said the you link. You forgot. That's we, your job. That was my not wise choice. Okay. Bye, everybody. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>